0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, The axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, they were all questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah. John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. The one who is more powerful than I am is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So, with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people the gospel of the lord you may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon How are you? Good. You guys did a really, really good job singing today. I was really impressed. That's okay. Christmas bells was a barn burner, I'll tell you what. So, we've been doing this Advent kind of paper chain. Now, for those of you who weren't with us, there's a, a couple green ones and then a couple blue ones below, and I want to share with you what the blue ones were. The first week, we talked about the Advent candle that represents hope. Right, And hope has, does anybody remember? Yeah. Vision. Hope has vision. When we hope for something, we can practically see it in our dreams and we can see it in our waking moments. We can actually say what we want to have happen. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But in all of it, God's with us, right? Now, the second one, was light or peace. And light or peace has what? Justice. justice. Very good. There was a little picture of a hammer and a gavel right there. Very good. Light shines on stuff so that we can see it better, right? And when light shines on stuff so that we can see it better, we realize that peace happens when everyone has peace, when everyone has justice. Very good. Now, can I get someone to tear this first chain very gently? I saw you first. There we go. Nope. Tear it. Oh, I'm going to help you. Take right here. Underneath your fingers. See this? Pull on that. Very good. There you go. Now this says joy has, right? What do you think joy has? Anybody have a guess? yeah hope yeah i would say that's some of it peace Peace. that's some more of it happiness all right let's see can someone pull this one for me pulling that part right there wow there you go no you did good you did good joy has what's that say passion joy has passion now what's drawn right there a person. A person. Very good. Is this person happy or sad? Happy. Happy? I don't think the person's happy. Tell me about joy. Have you, been, have you ever had joy? Yeah. Do you know what joy is? Mm-hmm. Tell me when you've had joy, Gabriel. Uh, like Hershey Park. Hershey Park. Was there a lot to do? <laughs> was it a lot of fun? Very good. You were really, really happy. Yes. Disney when it, World. Disney World. Alright, so how about you? Vacation. Vacation. Very good. Christmas? Nice. Christmas tree. Nice. Yeah. When have you had joy? I'm going to help you out. I think we have joy when those things that we hope for and the peace that we hear about all the time, they actually start coming true. All of a sudden, everything's happening, and all of a sudden, really good things are there, and we are thrilled. It just kind of takes over you, right? You can't stop smiling. Yeah. Joy happens suddenly and with a lot of passion behind it. So, hope has vision, right? Peace and light have justice, very good. And joy has passion. All right, this week. I want you to think of what makes you incredibly, incredibly joyful, incredibly, incredibly happy. Whatever that is, can I look at my nose? Yep. Whatever makes you happy and joyful, I want you to share it with someone, okay? Okay, very good. Can we pray? God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for a great children's choir I we'll give you thanks for joy that overwhelms us at times. I we'll give you thanks for the joy that you've given us in the past and the joy that you'll bring us soon to come. In all these things, we ask that you might be our God, that you might continue to love us and keep us and never leave us. In the midst of all these things, we might share it with one another. In the name we pray. Amen. There you go. Because... <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Amen. We remembered, just a little bit ago, all the candles that we've done over the past few weeks, right? Hope has vision, and when we have vision, we can see things, and we want them, and sometimes they happen, sometimes they don't, and it hurts when they don't, but that one constant in the midst of it all, even when it's terrifying, like in the Bible text for that week, is Christ coming. Christ drawing near in the midst of all those things. In the second week, we talked about light and how even on the kitchen floor it can show us things that we didn't see before. In the midst of the light that shows us things we haven't seen before, it shows us the way that things need to be corrected, things that weigh, things in the way that justice needs to prevail. It shows us where peace, where we thought it once was, might not actually be there. And we read a text where we are called to be a part of that justice. On this third Sunday, we have a pink candle, don't we? That's in its original form. Advent was a lot like Lent. Now, you guys all know about Lent. It's like, Uh, There's a lot of spiritual practices involved in Lent right before Easter. You're probably familiar with the practice of giving up something. Uh, Sometimes it's chocolate, sometimes it's Facebook, sometimes it's something else. But you give up something in an effort, hopefully, to draw near to God. To turn your life in a way where it expresses and is shaped by Christ a little bit more fully. Advent at one time was very similar to Lent. It was a time of preparation. It was a time of repentance. In the midst of all these texts about John the Baptist that we've been having throughout the season, it's a time of turning your life once again. But that pink candle is kind of the liturgical way of admitting we can't really contain the happiness that Christmas brings for very long. The pink candle is the relaxed candle. It relaxed on what we've given. It was relaxed on the sternness of Advent. It's the one where the festival kind of bubbles over before it's even ready to begin. The pink candle is joy. Now, there's a lot of ways of expressing joy, and there's a lot of ways of talking about joy. But joy, I believe, happens when we begin to realize the way that hope and light are affecting our lives fully and immediately. And more than that, I believe joy happens when it affects the parts of our lives that we hold dear and sacred. When you think about your life and you think about the daily things... I think most of us are flexible in a lot of things. But there's certain parts of life that we hold incredibly dear and sacred. Parts that we don't let others touch necessarily without invitation. Parts that even ourselves we might not allow to think about. We might not allow ourselves to touch. We might not allow ourselves to change. Those parts of life that we hold close to our hearts, when they begin to have hope and light, joy erupts. Now, I'm too young to remember this, but one of my favorite races, track races of all time, was in the 1964 Olympics, it was the 10 kilometer race, 6.2 miles. Some of you might be that old, I don't know. But during this particular race, uh, Billy Mills was a Native American athlete who qualified uh, in the US uh, track and field competition to be in the Olympics and represented the United States and he was not expected to do much at all. He was going to race, he wasn't going to win, just kind of fun. And As you watch the 6.2 mile race, you can tell that the American broadcaster was just kind of doing it because it was his job, right? He, uh, he announces the beginning of the race, and he announces uh, Gamudi as the first uh, athlete to cross the 400-meter mark. He announces that Gamudi is most likely to win the race, and he begins to do commentary on everybody else in the field, just trying to fill the time until this 10K race is over. And uh, Bill Mills was doing much better than expected. He was uh, kind of in the pack. He wasn't in the first two athletes. Moody and one other athlete kept changing positions, right? They kept going back and forth. One would lead, the other would lead, one would lead, the other would lead. Bill Mills was in the back. He was right behind him, but he was in the back of the pack. He was probably maybe contending for a bronze if he was lucky. And so they went around and around and around. And he's commenting on all this kind of good stuff. Then finally they ring the bell lap, right? So they ring the bell. It's the final lap to go. And all of a sudden, Gamuti and his other competitor takes off running and Bill tries to go with him. Just in the corner of the screen, in the black and white footage, you can see Bill start to kick. And just like in any athletic competition, when it comes down to the bell, the announcer's voice starts to pick up, but he's still just kind of announcing things. And so it picks up a little bit and Gamuti makes a turn around the 100 meter mark and he's coming down the back stretch. They're interchanging different positions and, and Bill Mills starts to come into the picture. And he says, Look at Bill, he's about to make a move. Nope, Gamudi makes another move, and he keeps on coming. They come around the 200 meter mark, and they start to sprint. And they come around the 100 meter mark, and all of a sudden, Bill Mills is square in lane four. He is way outside. And the announcer changes. Because as Billy Mills starts to make a screaming run for the (laughs) finish line, all he can say is, Look at Bill, look at Bill, there he goes. He changed entirely. This guy was in it for the work at the beginning of the race. And when all of a sudden the person he wanted to win was winning, it erupted. The whole thing, I mean all of his professional broadcasting goes out the window. He giggles as Billy Mills crosses the line. It's incredible. When all of a sudden hope and light begin to take form in life. Joy erupts. That joy is meant for all the world. But the good news here today, the good news in the text for us today, is that joy is for you. That joy is for you. Here in in the text today, John the Baptist starts off When he finally gets a really large crowd around him, he says, you brood of vipers. And if that's not a PR issue, I don't know what is. But eventually, you see in the text, people keep coming to him. He says, you brood of vipers, and people come all the more. And so we know that something good was happening there. In the midst of these good things, soldiers ask, what should I do? John the Baptist talks about the things that are probably closest to their hearts, right? The things that are closest to what they're doing on a daily basis. He says, be satisfied with your wages and don't extort people for money with false accusations. The tax collectors ask, what should I do? And they say, don't take any more than you're prescribed. People ask what they should do, and in their poverty and in their influence, they're asked to give two coats to none, and food to those who have none. In the midst of all these things, hope and light start to touch the things that hurt, the things that make us feel, and the things that overwhelm us. All of a sudden, God touches. And this has a double effect on us, right? When hope and light come into our life, it's both wonderful and terrifying. It's terrifying in the way that these things that we hold closest to us, they're going to change. Whether that's our family, whether that's our friends, whether that's our job, whether that's our affluence, whether that's our influence. When God comes into our lives, things change. And it's terrifying. Because it changes at the things we hold most dear. And at the same time, when hope and light come into those things, there's joy. There's incredible, incredible joy. In ways that I can't describe, but I know when I see it. When someone starts yelling, look at Bill, you know that something's happened. In our liturgy, we have two movements in communion. The first one is easy to ignore, and the second one makes it plain. In the words of institution, we say, In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. And that for you is easily heard as all of you, just anyone. Do this in remembrance of me. But in the second one, we make it plain. Again, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my bloodshed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. And I want to reverse it. It's not just all people. This is God's way of stepping down from heaven and looking you square in the eye and saying, this is for you. It's for everybody sure. It is for you. There is great joy to be had when the Son of God and the promises of God are for you. This Advent season and in the pink candle this Christmas season, I pray that the joy of the gospel, that the good news of the gospel might not only be good for everyone, it might not just be justice for everyone, it might not just be light for everyone and hope for everyone, but it might be hope and light and justice and peace for you. As this happens, as joy happens, I pray that I will share it with you as much as I see it, and you'll share it with me, and together will experience the good news that is truly and indeedly good for us. God be with you. Amen.